three, two, one. Welcome back. It's episode two of the Show Me Show. Uh, it The Super Bowl is over. Uh, we have a jam-packed show today, including a little bit of time traveling. So uh, here, after this intro is done, we're going to jump into the segment immediately after the Super Bowl, and then everything else will be explained in that segment. But anyways, welcome back. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy the show, and uh, let's get to Super Bowl recap. Fresh thoughts on the Super Bowl. I didn't, uh, write, any, I didn't write anything down. I, I didn't either. I think we're honestly just going to give our fresh thoughts on the Super Bowl. Uh, we are recording this remotely, so I am not in the studio. I'm at my house because we have to – in this episode, we're starting after the Super Bowl. This is a few days after the Super Bowl, uh, but the rest of the podcast was recorded – before so we're actually gonna do a little bit of time traveling here in this episode we're gonna go back in time after about maybe 20 minutes or so so that's just a quick heads up to start this off yeah um like luke just said we uh already recorded everything else pretty long show and we left a lot out and have stuff for the next show but super bowl 56 56 56 indeed and most importantly, the season is now over. No football for seven months, I think it is. Yeah. So it was it was a great way to, to finish it, though. Obviously, we were both rooting for the Bengals, I think. But there, there were worse teams than the Rams to win it. You know, they, they earned it. They went all in. They got the pieces to make a championship run. They got a lot of breaks go their way, and they took advantage of them. And... They got their rings. So, um, my first thoughts was obviously us being from St. Louis, we don't like Stan Kroenke because he's a scumbag, and what he did to St. Louis was not good at all. I didn't see him hold up the trophy, though. I'm just more thinking on the positive side of guys like Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Odell Beckham, guys who have been in the league, giving their hearts out on the football field for the longest time, finally getting a ring. That's kind of cool. Cooper Cup. Played out of his mind the entire season, the entire postseason, the during the Super Bowl, he played out of his mind. He earned that ring and much more. And there's so many other guys on the Rams that just they've been playing for the Rams for a long time, and to finally eclipse that pedestal of winning that championship has got to be a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, um, and kind of like what you just said about Cooper Cup. To be quite honest, Luke, I think that is probably the best receiving season since we've been alive you know like as a whole maybe randy moss's 23 touchdown season but no like, i i think this this is arguably the greatest wide receiver season of all time not just yeah. since we've been alive but of all time so yes i would definitely say that and i mean who would have thought you know especially when you know, high schooler and in college, no stars. You know, I saw a thing today uh, when he was going up against Eli Apple. Eli Apple is like the 11th ranked recruit, five-star, number one cornerback, number one player in the state of New Jersey. And then Cooper Cup, zero stars, went to FCS, Eastern Washington, 
had to grind his way up the depth chart while he was there. Um, I think you mentioned it, I think, last episode, was it, that his uh, his wife had to work, like, a full-time job while he was in college. She, so she had to came... work two full-time jobs Yeah, in order to make so that... enough money for their family to survive so that he could one day become an NFL player. And to just yeah. see him have one of the greatest seasons of all time, win a ring, win a Super Bowl MVP, is really cool. And Yeah. And uh, it does kind of look like Jake Paul, but uh, eh, yeah, I would a little bit. I I would say uh, the Paul brothers or Jake Paul is probably a little more handsome. No homo, but eh, I don't know. Uh, Cooper Cup looked pretty handsome winning that Super Bowl MVP. But oh well, yeah, what? Well, yeah, but that obviously winning a Super Bowl MVP makes you way more handsome, but. I don't know. Uh, and then kind of going back a little bit, yeah, I was happy for Odell, actually. Um, I didn't really know how to feel about Odell the last two years because I just kind of thought he was kind of a drama starter a little bit, and there were some narratives that he was a bad teammate, but then if you actually asked his teammates, they are like, no, he's one of the best teammates I've ever had. And I just didn't really know where that all fell. And uh, he played really well in the playoffs and really his whole time while he was with the Rams. And I'm, I'm happy for him. Uh, I feel like, you know, that's one player that we've both grown up with, which is weird to say, but he's oh, been yeah. for a while, you know. I'll never forget uh, where I was the night when he made that <laughs> one-handed catch against the Cowboys. Um, and then Aaron Donald, obviously, uh, he was here when – the Rams are still in St. Louis. Not that he gives a rat's, you know what, about St. Louis anymore, but yeah, still cool to see, I guess. Especially since he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He needed yeah. that. Thing. I mean, he certainly he he earned every bit of that ring. He, you could tell from the very start of the postseason that he was on a hunt to just get that ring. That's all he wanted. And obviously he said that before the Super Bowl, he told his agent that there's a chance he could retire if they won because, I mean, what else left is there He, if he wins the ring? He's already done everything else that you could possibly mm-hmm. do at his position in the NFL. So we may see him retire. We may see him hang it up. We may see him go one more year, but I wouldn't be surprised either way. Uh you know, obviously, it's it's almost like a Tom Brady situation where, you know, there's nothing left to compete for. You've already done it all. It's kind of like that same thing for Aaron Donald. He's done it all that you could possibly do as a defensive player. It's and kind of, to- yeah, it's kind of weird, though, that, like, he's done it all in eight years and he's thinking about calling it a career when he clearly has many good years left in the tank. You know, it kind of it's like if this was a basketball player, you know, and he retired after like eight years, it'd be really weird. But I guess since he's a defensive, you know, defensive tackle, rushing end, uh, you know, he spends all of his time in the trenches. I guess that takes quite a toll. And I guess, you know, he's looking to get out sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame him. Anytime you can escape the NFL, especially at a position like that, with all the accomplishments that he has and with no like, severe effects like brain damage or CTE or any of that. Wow. He probably has some of that. Well, that's, that's true, but he's, you know, he's still there and he's healthy. He could retire. He's got plenty of money to live off of. 
He's got obviously he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's done it all. So if he retires, I mean, there's what reason does he have not to retire? Really, um, more money and possibly more rings, more stats. That's what I think about. Yeah, I I honestly I I didn't really see that from him other than maybe chasing more rings, but. From what it sounded like most of the season, that's that was his main goal was to he didn't care about anything else except winning that ring. So, uh huh. I wouldn't be shocked either way, but you know, I, obviously a heartbreaking loss for the Bengals. Yes. It, at the end, at the end of that game, when Joe Burrow obviously went down, clutching his knee and clearly in a lot of pain. At that moment, I was regardless if he went back into the game or if Brandon Allen replaced him in the game. I was like, if the Rams score one more touchdown, this game's over. Like, the only way the Bengals are going to win at this point is if they hold them, if they hold on to win. It just didn't. It didn't feel like the Bengals were going to get anything offensively. Which they did. They did hold them until the last drive. No, well, according to the refs, they held them. No, oh, that's that's true. They literally held them, but multiple times actually. Yeah. <laughs> Within but, the span of like four plays, yeah. Wild. Even though one of them was, he, he just kind of touched him. He didn't really hold him. But you know, th- that was, I guess, a little bit of karma for the T Higgins play earlier in the game. So yeah, which was a big play in itself. But a heartbreaking loss for them. I feel like this was their window. This was their chance. It's the same thing with the Rams, except the Rams play are going to play in a weaker NFC next year, whereas. The Bengals have to go through that gauntlet in the AFC again next year. But they do have a lot of young talent. You know, they got Joe Burrow, who doesn't look like he's going to have any severe damage on the knee. It sounded like it was just a sprain. So, yeah, he's got the whole offseason. He should be fine, ready to go next season. Uh, it's, yeah, it's it's but, a gauntlet. It's going to be tough to get back with all those teams. And I, I don't know if we'll see him back again. I certainly hope so because they're a fun team to watch. And they're from Cincinnati, and you know they've never won before. So I certainly do hope they get back and win. But you just never know. Yeah, and like you said about his knee, it seems like it's going to be fine. But it's just like how many seasons can Joe Burrow take where they allow seventy sacks? I saw that was like it's like the third most in the Super Bowl era ever. Seventy sacks. Joe Burrow is not going to be able to take that very much longer. So they need a sure up that offensive line pretty fast if they want to continue to try and make runs deep runs into the playoffs going into the future oh yeah for sure i mean we could be if this offensive line doesn't improve we could be looking at an andrew luck situation where he just <laughs> simply has enough he's taken enough beatings taken enough injuries and he just calls it quits early i obviously i don't see joe burrow he's i think he's more of a competitive guy than andrew luck was yeah, no offense to Andrew Luck, he was a competitive guy as well, but Joe Burrow just seems to have that com- the competitive edge that only a certain amount of people do. But it, we could be looking at that if they don't, because 70 sacks in one season by 350-pound defensive linemen and super quick linebackers, that takes, a, that takes a toll on your body. And I think we saw yeah. that with Joe Burrow this year. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, the, and, you know, he was playing behind that Colts offensive line today. That'd be pretty special. Uh, I think that's really uh, that's every Colts fan's dream. Line. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 
No, no, no problem. Uh, but like, you know, the Colts have fixed that problem just a little too late. You know, now they're just dealing with Carson Wentz. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, the Rams really did earn that Super Bowl as much as I hate to say. I mean, they would fall over twice and the Bengals didn't even turn it over and they still won. So that just shows that they're clearly the better team. Yeah, that game was going exactly how I I said, you know, Rams had the lead yeah. at halftime, and I said the Bengals were going to make a second half comeback, and they almost did. They ended up taking the lead, and they had it for most of the second half, and they mm-hmm. created the two turnovers that I said they needed two turnovers to win that game. They The defense created those. It just wasn't wasn't quite enough. They came up just short, obviously on the last drive, had a chance there around, the fifth, around midfield. Uh, for some reason, I, Zach Taylor – Put in Samaje Pirine on that third and one play, which I don't. I don't blame the call. I would have. I personally liked the running call, except why on earth is Joe Mixon not in the game there? It didn't appear that he had any injuries, um, and this is not like he needs to rest or something. This is literally you're two plays away from your season ending. He needs to be in the game for that play. You know, they get one more first yeah. down and they get a few more yards. They're in Evan McPherson range, so. That yeah, that's a tough tough scenario to to be in. I mean, third and one. I think you, you have to run it there and try and get the first down, extend the game because you have <clears throat> over a minute left and a few timeouts. It was just it was weird to see P Ryan in the game there, and obviously he didn't pick it up, and it cost him the game. You know, because they didn't get it on fourth down the next play. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know if Mixon was winded, but you got to be able to go, you know, down the stretch. But I'm pretty sure Samaj P. Ryan is way bigger than Mixon, so I don't know if they put in P. Ryan just a hardy yard, one more hardy yard, but there wasn't a whole lot of room. And uh, I, so I don't know if it would have made that much of a difference. But, yeah, you, you would probably rather have your best players in the most important plays of your season down the stretch. Uh, I'm sure that's one that they'll look back on. But like I said, that didn't look like there was a whole lot of running room, no matter who you were. Yeah, I mean, the game overall was it was kind of boring, but it was also like exciting at the same time. You know, what? there wasn't like a lot going on, but for for a Super Bowl, I, I I thought it was one of the better Super Bowls that I've watched. Honestly, I mean, you'd probably say the same. Yeah, um, I thought it. I did. I wouldn't say it was boring at all. I mean, I I would say that the defense has stepped up a little bit more in the second half, which I guess some people would consider that. But yeah, you know, I was actually talking with my dad, and we were like, "Well, you know, there really haven't been any Super Bowl blowouts." since the Mannings and the Peyton Manning versus the Seahawks Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, Seahawks Broncos, you know, the other, you know, there was another really boring one with uh, Patriots and Rams. I think that was like 13 to three. Yeah. It wasn't a, a blowout though. Yeah. what that's not a blowout. And uh, so, yeah, we've been on a little bit of a run, you know, with good Super Bowls and, you know, and back in the nineties and even in the eighties too, there were some Super Bowls that were just, hellacious blowouts so you know i feel kind of lucky that we've been getting these uh 
you know, cherry on top games to end the season. And this was just another one, I thought, you know, 23-20, you know, a field goal game, a one-possession game, you know, the game came down to a last possession, you know, fourth down and one season on the line. You know, when it comes down to stuff like that, you really can't ask for that much more. Um, maybe a few more explosive plays, I guess, if you're trying to get greedy. But I thought it was a really exciting Super Bowl. Uh, I thought the commercials were okay. Uh, there were some in there. Uh, there was no Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer in the Super Bowl commercials, but that's okay, I guess. Uh, not too many funnies. Some interesting ones, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, I to go back to what you were saying earlier is that we haven't really had any blowouts. I would argue that 31-9 to 9 last year was kind of a blowout. Even though oh, it was, yeah, you, you never felt like the Chiefs were out of that game, so exactly. maybe that took away from the blowout field. But it was three possessions, and anytime you win an NFL game, especially the Super Bowl by twenty points, I would consider that a blowout. Um, but yeah, we have been really lucky this year. It, it was a little boring at times, but it was a good game. I mean, you can't complain about it. The refs did have some questionable calls or no calls, but over, I don't think they really ruined the game. You know. It was kind of a, a ref show at the end, especially on that last drive. But I didn't I didn't come away from that game saying, you know, this the refs blew it or anything like that. So that's always yeah, a good thing. All. It's always a good thing if you're the NFL. Yeah, for sure. I mean <laughs> now people obviously still are talking about that refs just because of their little run that they had down the stretch. Uh, late in the fourth quarter, which and you obviously, know, obviously the uh, f- obvious face mask by T. Higgins as well. Yeah, you know, and I think, I like I like you just said. I think the crew did a solid job, but overall, you know, they really did miss some calls throughout the game. But it was both sides. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't call them. And you know, if it's a penalty, you got to call a penalty. Uh, I don't know. I feel like down, you know, those last few plays. You know, it looked like there was holding on every single one of those plays, and, you know, it was the right call, but it's also weird to just start calling them when you haven't been calling them all game long. I think that's where a lot of people have an issue is the inconsistencies, especially during the Super Bowl. Like, if, you know, if you're going to let them play the whole game, let them play. Yeah, I mean, I I was enjoying it. I, I don't – I honestly don't mind – the letting them play style because it, it helps with the flow of the game. You know, obviously the mm-hmm. obvious ones you got to call like the, the face mask on Jalen Ramsey. That was a big game altering play. And it seemed pretty obvious. I mean, he was thrown to the ground in an awkward situation. So that one you yeah. do have to question, but as far as like the, the tiny holds that maybe get called at the end of the game, if they called that the whole game, you know, it would really, really disrupt the flow. So I personally don't mind whenever they, they let them play and get away with stuff here and there. Um, as long as it's not game altering, you know, plays mm-hmm. and scenarios that, that happen. But uh, overall, I think it was, uh, I think it was a good game. You know, I, one thing I have to say is this was the first time I've really gone to a big Super Bowl party and, I'm not a fan. I, you know, I, I do like a small gathering. I don't like watching it by myself. I do like watching it with a few friends, but big parties are, I don't know. It's, I, I'm not a fan of them. There's, there's just too many people there. I feel like, <laughs> like anytime uh, something I, happens, you can't like hear the, the, sometimes the beauty of a football game is hearing the announcers make the call, especially when it's Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth's last game yeah. together. 
you kind of want to hear some of those big calls that, you know, when you have 20 people in the room, you, it's kind of hard to hear, you know, the calls, I guess. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. I remember Super Bowl 50 Panthers Broncos, um, my, uh, family, we hosted, uh, the Super Bowl in the movie room. And that was the only time I've never watched the Super Bowl with my dad. And, you know, it was fun, but I was like, eh, I kind of just like watching this game with my dad. And, uh, yeah, that I, I agree with you. I think it is. There's something about the, the beauty of the game. And when there's all these voices around, you can't exactly hear everything and uh, hear the breakdown, especially when you're really, really into football and you can't hear all the analysts break everything down it kind of does bug you a little bit uh yeah I yeah agree. yeah i mean it's always one of the biggest events i think i saw there was 116 million viewers that turned tuned in mm-hmm. which obviously is way undercutting because you know obviously you have super bowl parties of maybe up to 20 people that are watching on one tv and that yeah. counts as one viewer when it's really a lot more so pretty much the entire country tuned in i would assume to this big game you know obviously the halftime show one of the biggest shows in a long time a lot of big yeah. names you know not really it, it's a little bit pat or before my generation i guess you know that's that's more for people like in their 30s i guess when i hear people in their 30s talking about the halftime show it's like oh yeah this this was amazing this is what i grew up with and all that you know it was cool they had some good songs you know it, yeah. was, it was enjoyable but yeah, I think yeah. it uh, it depends kind of on your genre of music. Like, I'll be honest, I don't I don't listen to uh, rap, but that was one of my favorite Super Bowl uh, halftime shows ever, just because uh, throughout my football career, you know, during football practice, during weights, during whatever football related, we always listen to those songs. And I don't know, I got chills watching that Super Bowl halftime show. It was a. Uh, it was pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think, you know, it makes you sad when you remember that uh, Tupac should have been there for at least California love and that he couldn't be there for that kind of sucked. But great Super Bowl halftime show, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think I think since we didn't see Tupac on Sunday, I think it's officially good to say that he's officially dead. Um, yep. He's not hiding out anywhere because he would have came out for that halftime show. Yeah. But uh, – yeah, I, I mean, I, that that's kind of cool because those guys are a lot of they they really brought in, you know, the hip hop rap type of style into they kind of brought it into fruition, I guess. Yeah, so to into have all of them. Culture. Yeah, to have all of them meshed together for one show in L.A. of all places. Yeah. I mean, those guys are California. You know, when you think of California, those yeah. guys are California. So, yeah, it was a little weird. I. I still don't understand why they put the game at 5.30 because that's 3.30 L.A. time. And so it was kind of weird to see, like, the halftime show at, like, at 5 o'clock L.A. time, and it's, like, still daylight outside the stadium. That was a little weird. Like, the biggest concert of the year is, like, in the middle of a Sunday afternoon. That was a little weird to think about. But, uh-huh. you know, I, I get it for the people on the East Coast. that You know, that's a 6.30 start time. It's not going to be over till 10.00. Yeah, I do get it, but it it was a little weird. Certainly, I think 
I think they just try to do that to honestly, you know, to help their viewers out who have to go to work the next day or school the next day. You know, obviously, I think unless you're in Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, unless you're in Cincinnati taking the day off school for a loss, um, which is actually just as, you know, big of a deal as taking the day off for a win. You know, it's going to hurt or feel just as bad or good win or lose. So. But a, a day off is a day off. So. A day off is a day off. And Thank you, uh, like I was just about to say, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Super Bowl Monday is like uh, the most taken off day of the year by adults. So might as well just make it a holiday anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think we substitute it for, you know, let's say Labor Day. You know, I, yeah. I, I really don't think anybody – does anything on labor day anymore you know that was a, a holiday to kind of celebrate the unions and workers rights which obviously are important but they're kind of standard nowadays so you know honestly i think you just you make labor day a work day you know you, you delete that <laughs> off the calendar and you make super monday a holiday i i would be all for that or or leave labor day and just add super bowl monday as a holiday just plus one that too or we can move President's Day to Super Monday. Yeah, I feel like our the forefathers of this country would be in favor of that. I, I agree. I think if, you know, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson came back, they'd be like, yeah, put our, put our holiday on the day after football. Yes, exactly. Football is – it's America's holiday when the games are on. So might as well – have that Monday off to recover from the b- biggest game of the year and get ready for next year. Yeah. All right. I think uh, I think that that's a lot of recap here. So we got we got a long show ahead of us still, though. We talk about off season predictions. This is obviously once again recorded before the Super Bowl, so we don't know the outcome of that yet. Uh, I think one thing that we wish we would have done is maybe gave up predictions on the Super Bowl. And just to see how wrong we were. Yeah. But, um, it, I'll, I'll give a prediction real quick. 23-20. Uh, Odell, first touchdown. Rams, okay. Probably. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we got a long show. We talk about coach hirings. We evaluate them in depth. Uh, we talk a little bit about, you know, obviously the offseason season. Um, and a little bit about baseball in the Winter Olympics. So really big show ahead of us still, and uh, time to go back in yeah. time. We'll see you there. Welcome back to the Show Me Show podcast for episode two. Me and Luke, ready to go for another show. Yep, I think we got everything uh, situated here, I think. I think every all the audio should be set up correctly, but once again, if it's not, we apologize. We really did try our best. <laughs> yeah, it only took us about an hour this time. But, yeah, yeah. But lots of trial and error thus far. But currently we are recording this right before the Super Bowl. Yeah, this segment this segment should probably – I don't know why we said welcome because this segment will probably go after the opening segment. Which, Very true. Yeah. So this segment, what you heard earlier is – being recorded after the Super Bowl. This is actually being recorded before the Super Bowl. So yeah. it just gives us more time flexibility to get it ready to go and out as soon as possible. Yeah, a little time travel kind of deal with the yeah. editing. Yeah. So, so, like, we, 
we went back in the past. I guess this is the past. So, but we do kind of have a little bit of a packed show, which we have a lot to talk about. Um, obviously, we just got done. You just got done listening to the fresh thoughts on Super Bowl Fifty Six. Um, Hopefully, the Bengals won. That's all I'm saying. But we actually have no idea if they won nope. while we're recording this. Nope. But we do have a lot to talk about. Like I just said, coach hirings, uh, the Brian Flores situation in the NFL, um, some earlier, some early predictions for next year, even though we don't know what happened tonight. Yeah. Um, what QBs are on the move, some other free agency talk. Uh Stuff like that. NFL honors talk. Yes. Update on the Winter Olympics for those out there that uh, care about the Winter Olympics. Shout out to you guys. Um, there actually is a little bit of an update on baseball. And yeah, a, I guess. I guess you could say it's an update. but A little bit of uh, an update on the NBA trade deadline fiasco kind of going on. Yeah. I, I mean – to me, the NBA doesn't really start until the playoffs, but there was a big move that I think we have to at least acknowledge a little bit. So, yep. And uh, I think so, we are going to start with coach hirings and stuff like that. And I think the way we're going to do it is a lot of us, including me and Luke, don't really know a whole lot about some of the coaches that are being hired. Mm-mm, not, I mean, some of them you've heard the names, but you don't really like know a lot about their style of coaching. Yeah, and uh, so the way we're going to do it is we have some stuff written down about them. I'm going to talk about the coaches. Luke's going to rate them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're just going to get right into it. The Bears, they had a rough year. Fine with Lucas, by the way, because he's a big Packers fan. They did draft Justin Fields this year. Last Last year, year, technically, I guess. Yeah, technically last year, 2021 draft. He he saw he showed some flashes at some times, but not a whole lot. Not really what you're expecting or what you're wanting from a year one guy that you are looking to to kind of turn the franchise around. But it's not a total dud pick just yet. But they went ahead and hired Ryan Poles as their new general manager and Matt Eberfless as their head coach. And so Matt Eberfless was a candidate for the Jaguars as yeah, well. Former defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts, who have traditionally the last few years have one of the most put-together complete defenses in the entire league. So, I mean, if there's any – that ha- might have something to do with the GM, but it also has something to show with the coaching staff that's circled around the defense, and that is obviously headlined headlined by Matt Eberflus. Yeah, and like- I actually have no idea how to say his name. Is it Eberfluss or is it? I think it's Eberfluss. Eberfluss or I think it's Eberfluss. Eberfluss. Um, like Luke just said, uh, he was the former Colts defensive coordinator, and they've been pretty good as of late. Although they've had some pretty astonishing players as well, though, like Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner. But but at the same time, who? How many people thought Darius Leonard would be the defensive star that he is coming out of the draft? Not a lot. So that has to say something about the coaches that developed them as well. I mean, obviously the player that he is as well, you know, and the talent that was able to show through. But that doesn't come through without the coaches, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. And uh, so here's the fun tidbit of this hire is Ryan and Matt for the second straight time. And so what we mean by that is 
the last GM and the last head coach, Ryan Pace, was your last GM for the Bears, fired. And Matt Nagy was your last head coach for the Bears, fired. So Ryan and Matt, second time around. Luke, give us a rating. What do you think is going to Oh, I mean, certainly Ryan Poles and Ryan Pace. I have no idea what they look like. I have no idea what Ryan Poles looks like, but their names are very, very identical. But Ryan Poles comes from a Chiefs background, and obviously they built one of the strongest teams in the league. They won a Super Bowl a few years ago. They've been to four straight AFC championships. They have one of the most electrifying QBs in the league right now. They're just they're an all-around solid team. You know, they got not just one of the most electrifying QBs, one of the most electric offenses in the entire league, if not the most. And so having that experience coming from a team like that, knowing how a winning team functions, I think is never a bad thing to bring in to, you know, to lead your team, even if they weren't necessarily, you know, the main GM that put it all together. They were still in the meetings. They were still in the talks. They probably had a lot of say in it as well. But even if they didn't, they, they know what it's like to, to run a winning team and be on top. And I think that feeling, just the being a veteran, I guess, of the league, and I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but being a veteran in those types of situations, I think, helps you helps better prepare you for these types of situations. So I think I have no idea what's going to happen, but I don't think it's a bad hire at all. Certainly, you know, it's not going to be a quick turnaround there at all. It's going to be a little bit of a rebuild here, but they do have some solid pieces that I think could make the rebuild quicker than other rebuilds, you know, like the Texans or somebody like that. But as far as Matt Eberfluss, I think it's a great hire because you saw in the past when, the, obviously with Matt Nagy, when the Bears went and hired an offensive-minded coach, they were good for one year and then it just completely destroyed them. And they weren't good on either side of the ball. So the Bears, obviously, they're like allergic to having a good quarterback, allergic to having a good offense. So the Bears are made through their defense. And hiring a defensive-minded coach, I think, will strengthen up that defense once again. And, you know, you, you just got to hope that Justin Fields and he can maybe lead the offense to something that maybe isn't top tier in the league, but, you know, is good enough to win you some games and, you know, maybe win you a Super Bowl. So I, I think it's a good hire. I have no idea what the leadership skills of Matt Eberfuss was, but – yeah, I think it's uh, what are we rating out of ten? Oh, I think you could do it either out of ten or a grade rating. I was thinking more of a grade rating. Oh, like the A, B, C, D. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say GM higher. I'd say I'd go with an A minus. You know, I coming from winning. Actually, I'll go B plus. A minus is like a slam dunk higher. I feel like so B plus. It's a good higher. I don't know if it, how it's going to turn out yet. Uh, Matt Eberflus, I'd say it's a it's a B minus. You know, you'll get yourself back to what you used to be and what you always be, which, you know, isn't exactly a, a dynasty, but at least it's not the laughing stock of the league. So I think, I think it's a B minus. It'll get them back to, you know, having a chance. Yeah. The bears tradition of winning defenses, I think is kind of what yeah. we're getting at. Okay. Um, that leads us to the second coach, Kevin O'Connell hired by the Vikings. Technically not yet though, because he has to, coaching the Super Bowl. Yeah, so he's not officially hired, but yeah. verbally committed. I verbally guess. hired by the Vikings. This one we don't really know a whole lot about. We know he's the former Rams offensive coordinator, technically still with the Rams, like we just said. Current. Yeah. Um, only well, actually, at the time we're recording, I mean, at the time you're listening to this, he is officially the Vikings head coach. So Yes, true. Yeah. 
Um, only 36 years old. Now, let's pretty young, pretty young guy to lead group of men, but follow Zach Taylor, who just coached on the Super Bowl, Brandon Staley, Chargers head coach, Matt LaFleur, as coaches from McVay's coaching tree, who have all been hired under 40 years old, and all of them thus far have done a pretty solid job. I mean, obviously, Brandon Staley, he's only been there for one year, but he did take the Chargers to a winning season in a very tough division. You know, he's he's, he's a different coach as far as, you know, the style of play that he has and, you know, his aggressive style of play, which I think bit him a few times so that he came back to bite him. But ultimately, I think it helped him out, you know, in, as far as in the grand scheme of things. So we'll see. I think next year is a big year for him. You know, the second year, kind of getting the whole offseason. But, yeah, McVay, obviously, I, he, he has one of the strongest coaching trees in the league. I mean, behind Jay Gruden, <laughs> surprisingly, <laughs> of all people. Washington, but he, you know, he's got a stronger coaching tree than Bill Belichick. He's got a stronger coaching tree than Mike Tomlin. He's got a stronger coaching tree than Andy Reid. You know, some of those coaches have been in the league and won at the highest level for a long time. And so it's never a bad idea to hire someone from that, from that tree, I guess. Uh, I don't really know much about him. Other than he's got kind of a, uh, Italian name. I don't know if he's Italian. I mean, O'Connell, I think, is. Is Italian. that Italian? I think so. Aaron, it might be it might be Irish. It might be Irish. I, that might be what I'm thinking of. That could be a completely false statement, too. We have no idea. No, I, I, I wasn't thinking of Italian. I was thinking of Irish. It will start with I, so it's very similar. So, a grade. Grade. Uh, did the Vikings hire a new GM, too? Uh, I think they did fire him. I don't know if they hired one or not. Yeah, I don't recall him hiring him. Uh, great on Kevin O'Connell. I mean, they, he has one of the best offenses in the league with the Rams here, but they also have a lot of star players. So, but he's he's meshing them together nicely. Obviously, taking them, you know, to a Super Bowl. Hmm. I'll I'll say. Just because they're coming off Mike Zimmer, and I think Mike Zimmer was a good coach. It was just kind of his time. It was just time to move on. I'll say C minus because I don't. That might be a little bit low. I just don't really know that much about Kevin O'Connell, you know. And it's not like you're coming from Matt Nagy. You're coming from Mike Zimmer, who was a solid coach for a long time. Yeah, um, like we said, we just don't really know a whole lot about him. I don't even know what he looks like, to be quite honest with you. No, I'll pull him up real quick though. Um, so that brings us to probably my favorite hire, maybe my second favorite hire of the coaching uh, carousel thus far. The Giants hired Brian Dable. And so here's what we know about Brian Dable. Obviously, Josh Allen's former offensive coordinator with the Bills. He actually has 21 years of NFL coaching experience. Um, oh, that's not what I expect. That's not what I pictured Kevin O'Connell looking like. Eh. I don't know. I think that's kind of what all McVay's coaches look like. Um, this is Brian Dable's first head coaching job. He's 46 years old. Um, some notes about Brian Dable, a big D's nuts joke guy. Uh-huh. He's also a big guy. Very <laughs> big guy. In fact, looked very, very fat in all the pictures that they posted about him online when the Giants hired him. 
Yeah, I mean, he looked round. Like, you don't see people look – I mean, he is a bigger guy, but he's not that fat. But they, like, chose some of the worst pictures. Yeah, they, so. they chose, like, some of the worst sweatshirt pictures oh, that, yeah. like, make you look fat. Like, the blue kind of a little – even the gray. Yeah, they the showed the gray one. Um, and another thing to just note about Brian Dable – I think this is a great hire, by the way. I don't know about Luke, but um, oh, yeah. kind of tied up in the Flores case by association, <laughs> but obviously not his fault with what's going on with the Giants and Brian Flores, but is tied up with it by, by association. Uh, this is this is an interesting hire. I think it's I think Brian Dable's a good coach, but sometimes it just doesn't matter. You know, the Giants they've kind of become a, a dumpster fire of an organization, but they were. At one point, a Super Bowl team. They've won two Super Bowls in the last 15 years, maybe. So they can get back to that level. They've had great defenses over the years. They've had Michael Strahan. They've had Lawrence Taylor. They've had some of the biggest defensive names in all of football. Um, Brian Dable is an offensive guy, however. And I don't know how that's going to fit well with, you know, the Giants are kind of like the Bears, I guess. You know, they need the, the good defense to win and, you know, above average quarterback play and Eli Manning in order to win a Super Bowl. Um, I don't know if Daniel Jones is that guy to give them above average quarterback play, but Brian Dable, he has turned Josh Allen into a star. He has exploited the strengths of Josh Allen, you know, obviously with the running game, the big passing, you know, the big powerful arm that he has. He brought that out of Josh Allen, you know. He's helped them to become a smarter passer. I think over the years, and I think that he's also a great teammate guy. You know, going from Joe Judge to Brian Dable, I think is going to be a complete culture shock for the Giants players. You know, Joe Judge had him running like laps in in the practice in, in preseason last year. Had him running laps because they were playing bad. Brian Dable, I feel like, is just going to come in. He's going to be a fun guy to hang around. Um, I know Saquon Barkley's excited about him. I was listening to an interview. Uh, he, he really thinks that he's going to be a good guy. He didn't really say anything bad about Joe Judge, but you could just kind of tell by his by his manner that he wasn't really enthused about having Joe Judge as a coach. So I think this is a great hire for the Giants. You know, as far as the Flores situation, I don't know if any of that's going to be true or if Bill check, you know, just expected Dable to get hired. We'll talk about that later. Um Whatever the case is, it's not his fault. Uh, he's he's a great teammate guy. I'm going to rate this as an A- minus because going from Joe Judge to Brian Dable, I don't think it gets – that's like having a positive margin of victory. You know, it doesn't get much better than that, you know, as far as the growth from it. So A-, minus, I'll rate it as that. Um, but they got to get some more pieces on defense especially. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, just with – Joe Judge, it really just big pizza guy tumbled out of control towards the end of his tenure with the Giants, and it was time for them to move on. Even though he was only there for like what two, maybe three? No, I think it was two. I think it was it was that two. Was, I funny think. thing about Joe Judge, also Belichick coach mm-hmm. from the Belichick tree, did not turn out well at all. And in fact, I think as we're doing the show right now, he's actually back on the Patriots staff oh really as an offensive assistant i believe um and like you said about the laps and stuff that just that stuff just doesn't really fly in the nfl they just don't really perceive that as well they're not college kids anymore some of these guys are 30 32 28 years old you know and that just doesn't really fly anymore 
Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we'll move on from that one. Uh, the Broncos finally hire an offensive-minded coach, Nathaniel Hackett, kind of the opposite of what we were talking about with the Bears. The Broncos always hire defensive-minded guys, and now they finally got an offensive-minded coach back. Has had Aaron Rodgers for a few years. I think he was hired in, what, 2018 or 2019, Nathaniel Hackett for the Packers? Yeah, he's been here for a few years. Um, But only put up 10 points in the NFC Championship game. Or not NFC Championship game, NFC Divisional round. Um, Also was the offensive coordinator for Blake Bortles and the Jaguars during their playoff run. And also coached Syracuse, who is also a big orange team so could help him with coaching another orange team oh yeah i think the color scheme i mean it's going to be like going back to his old roots you know i think that's going to help but like you said with the broncos hiring defensive minded coaches you know it's just time they they haven't had a quarterback other than the few years that they had with peyton manning they have not had a good quarterback in so long since john elway really back in the 90s it's it's been that long, with the exception of the few years they had for, with Peyton Manning there, which I think Gary Kubiak was a offensive minded head coach, as I recall. Um, I thought he was a defensive former defensive coordinator, but um, I don't remember. That was back before like I got super into the NFL, so I don't I don't know for sure. But I know Adam Gase was the offensive coordinator on those teams, and uh. It doesn't get much worse than that. So, Gary uh, <laughs> Kubiak must have been, he had to have something to do with that. Uh, so, the Bron- I think this is a great hire for the Broncos. So, you know, obviously, Nathaniel Hackett, oops. Nathaniel Hackett never been head coach before. Don't know how he's going to do with, you know, that extra heads, you know, with the extra bump up, you know, the promotion. But I think it's, a, you know, especially because they're trying to get Aaron Rodgers because they want a new quarterback really bad, and I don't blame them. Having Aaron Rodgers' former offensive coordinator for his back-to-back MVP seasons is going to really entice him. You know, if he does end up leaving Green Bay, which I it might just be my heart, but I don't think he will. I think he will end up staying. But if he does, I think Denver is probably the top spot due to the fact that they have Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach. Um, they also, you know, thin air and – you know, big <laughs> AFC, but uh, I, I think this coach, I, I'll say B plus. I think it's a really good hire. I don't know if it's a slam dunk hire. You know, I think, I think there is room for error and I think it could, it has the potential to be a miss as well, but I think moving on, going in a different direction from the defense, because their defense is good. Their Broncos are one of those teams, once again, that have, you know, kind of like the bears, kind of like the giants, they're going to win with their defense. And even they can just have a mediocre defense and I think win because they have so many big time players on that defense. They just need they just need offensive play. That's that's what they need. And I think Nathaniel Hackett can really help change the culture around there in Denver. Uh, maybe maybe help Drew Locke. I, I don't know. He might be a lost cause, but you know, as a Mizzou guy, we never want to give up on him. So yeah. But as a Packers fan, I. I never really knew much about Nathaniel Hackett. He was kind of a behind-the-scenes type of guy. You know, you always heard about Matt LaFleur. And I think Matt LaFleur did run the offense a lot of times. Which, But Nathaniel Hackett obviously had to learn from that. So you never know. I think it, I think it could be a 
a good hire. I also think he could maybe potentially spin out of control if Aaron Rodgers does not end up going there. Yeah, like you just said, I think it is a good hire, and we'll be able to tell pretty fast, honestly. Mm -hmm. This is either going to be a long-term coaching hire, and obviously this is pretty cliche thing to say, or it's going to be a two years and done kind of deal, especially if he can't find a quarterback, which isn't a very long leash, but that's just how it seems to be in the NFL. And before you know it, he'll be back in the carousel if things don't really work out. Um, next on the list, Jaguars and Doug Peterson. Some things to note about Doug. Last coach named Doug for the Jaguars had some success, but was also AFC fired. Championship. AFC Championship game appearance, but was then fired a few years later. Um, something interesting to note is uh, Dabo Sweeney, Clemson head coach, told Doug Peterson to keep his eye out for Trevor Lawrence at a scouting day at Clemson. And boom, before you know it, now Doug Pearson is Trevor Lawrence's head coach. Trevor Lawrence seemed pretty excited to get Doug Pearson, I think, as we saw. Um, he also helped a young Carson Wentz develop pretty well for a while to where he was in the running for the MVP in that 2017 season until he got hurt. And I'm not going to lie, I like the hire. I do think Byron Leftwich would have been just as good of a hire, especially as an offensive-minded guy for Trevor Lawrence. But this is still a pretty good hire. And one last note, Doug Pearson really loves ice cream. Yeah, so he's a big ice cream guy. I mean, I think all the clips we've seen of him have just been promoting his team getting ice cream. So I don't know how that's going to help exactly the health of the players, but, I mean, it could help the morale a lot. So uh, Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winning head coach just five years ago, really, Yep. What took the Eagles, who have never won a Super Bowl before, to with a backup with Nick Foles, the backup quarterback, to beat the dynasty, New England Patriots, in, in the Super Bowl in a shootout game. Uh, Doug Peterson was fired from the Philadelphia Eagles, if we don't remember, not only because they sucked, but because he hated the front office. Um, if you remember, there was a lot of problems at the, the end of that season. Obviously, he benched Jalen Hurts for Nate Sudfeld in the final game of the year, which pretty much gave the Washington football team the division and the chance to appear in the playoffs that year. So he wasn't exactly fired for his bad coaching, I don't think. I think it was just because he was done with the Eagles' front office, which Howie Roseman is kind of an idiot. So, I mean, he, he took J.J. Arcega-Whiteside over D.K. Metcalf and then followed it up the next year with Jalen Rager, of all players, one pick above Justin Jefferson, being laughed at by the Vikings' management and coaching staff. So Doug Peterson, I, I think he might have a point there. The Eagles front office is just dumb. Uh, but coming to a place like Jacksonville isn't exactly better when you have uh, Trent Baalke as the GM, who the fans dressed up as clowns to to show their support for Trent Baalke in the last game of the year. Byron Leftwich actually lost the chance to get hired because he wanted Trent Baalke to, to go. He wanted him gone. So... I think this might actually be a scapegoat for Doug Peterson, whereas if this team doesn't do good, Balky is going to be the one fired, not Doug Peterson, which I think is good for him. You know, he's got he's got a longer leash, I think. But my grade for this is an A. You know, when I saw this, I was a little bit shocked because there was no reports of him. It was all Byron Leftwich. It was uh, another guy. I'm, I don't remember who it is. Oh, uh, 
we just talked about he was uh was it Matt Eberfuss? Was also oh yeah Matt Eberfuss was also a candidate for the jet or for the Jaguars job as well. Yeah, so you heard about those two. Uh, Vic Fangio actually made a brief appearance. Yeah, <laughs> surprisingly enough, Vic Fangio of all people. Uh, but I think Doug Peterson he just kind of slid under the radar and then boom he was hired just like that. I think it's a slam dunk hire. You know he's got Carson Wentz in the division actually. Carson Wentz hates him. That's I think that's the reason why you know that's why they the Eagles fell apart is because the relationship with Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson fell apart. Office, all of it fell apart. But coming here, you can see Trevor Lawrence when he was first hired. I think he tweeted out, he's like, let's go. This is a great hire. He's excited for him. And if Trevor's happy, that's what I mean. Trevor is your franchise right now. So if he's happy, then I think that's all that matters. Doug Peterson is a great offensive, mighty coach. And like we saw, the Bengals, traditionally bad franchise, take a quarterback in the first round, first overall pick generational quarterback, have a really bad first year. Next year, obviously, they're in the Super Bowl. Could we see a same run with the Jaguars? Um, Honestly, I don't even think Joe Burrow's season last year was that bad, but he just got hurt. Yeah. Um, Kind of the same situation here, although Trevor Warren started, I'm pretty sure, every single game this year. Kind of the same boat a little bit was as Justin Fields, as you saw a little flashes. But you didn't really see a whole lot from or from Lawrence as much as you wanted to see from the number one pick, the generational talent out of Clemson. But maybe Doug Peterson can help turn this guy's career around. And it's also important to note, as Luke said, Doug Peterson led the Eagles to their first Super Bowl. Jaguars have also never won a Super Bowl. Never even been to one. Yeah, also never even been to one which, you know, gives Doug Pearson the possibility, you know, a few years down the line to maybe become the first coach to ever win a Super Bowl with two teams. That's true. No, no coach has ever done that. Uh, you know, in two different conferences, too, that'd be pretty insane. But Trevor Lawrence, I think when you said he, he didn't really develop a lot this year, but he also had Urban Meyer as his head coach for the majority of the year. And not only was he a terrible NFL coach, but he also had a lot of off-season or off-the-field problems. You know, obviously at his, at the chop house, you know, mm-hmm. that whole situation. But so coming, I don't I don't really blame Trevor Lawrence for last year. I don't really blame anyone on the Jaguars other than Shad Khan for hiring Urban Meyer and Urban Meyer himself for the reason for the Jags demise. I think they should have won more games. I think they weren't a playoff team, but they weren't you know the worst team in the league. Where you go, what was the record? Three and fourteen. Enough to get the first pick. Yeah. Worse than the Lions. Which is incredible, to say yeah. the least. Yeah. Lions, easily the worst roster in all the NFL. <laughs> they just had Man Campbell, Dan Campbell over there, the head coach. So I think this is a slam dunk hire, really, for the Jaguars. I don't think they could have asked for anything better. Uh, they kind of have a weak division. That will help. Yeah. You know, they got two games against the Texans, two games against – Colts, which we'll see what their quarterback situation is is going to be next year. I don't think anyone really knows. If it's Carson Wentz, I think Doug Peterson may have an advantage there because he knows him. He knows his weaknesses, and he, he doesn't really like him, I don't think. But, yeah. Uh, so, and obviously they had the Colts number down in Jacksonville, so that'll yeah. help. Um, 
We'll move on to the Raiders, who I think this is a hell of an opportunity for Josh McDaniels. The freaking Raiders. You know, um, personally, I thought they should have hired Rich Basicchia. Basicchia? Basicchia, to be honest. I thought they should have hired uh, him, but Luke is very happy that they did not hire Rich. Yes. And um, – if I remember correctly, Josh McDaniels was the head coach of the Broncos for a time, and he failed his first time around in the AFC West. But I, like I said, I think this is a hell of a second opportunity to be a head coach in the NFL. The Raiders, you have a quarterback, Derek Carr, who actually had a pretty solid year, and you have a solid roster. There are some, you know, off the field stuff that you got to sure up with this this roster. But I do think that this is a good hire. I I kind of disagree with you, honestly. I think he, you know, obviously we talked about the Belichick coaching tree never really doing well. He had an opportunity in Denver before and failed in the same division uh, with obviously a much more prestigious franchise, maybe I would say. Didn't have a quarterback, though. That's important to note as well. That's true. But I I wish nothing but pain and suffering on the Raiders franchise uh, because they definitely should have hired Rich, Rich Pisacci. I mean, this this guy took them to the playoffs despite all the uh, turmoil that they had on the team this year. With you know, I, I'm not even gonna have to name names here at all. Can't be getting a Dr Pepper. Uh, so I thought it was disgraceful of of them to not even bring him back at all as a member of the staff. I thought that you know it could become like a curse of the Bambino, Bambino type of thing. You know, they let the courage of Pisaccia, you know, I think that could become a thing. I hope it does. But as far as Josh McDaniels, he is, he's a good assistant coach. I think he's a good offensive coordinator. I don't know if you remember a few years ago when the Colts hired him for like two hours yep. before they ended up hiring Frank Reich. Uh, you know, I think he might've been a little bit nervous, a little bit scared to lead a team then. Well, he pulled out of yeah, that. He did it. He, he backed out of it himself. I think, the last, but the one thing I do think is he was a little bit nervous. He was a little bit scared, and he maybe didn't feel ready. He was having second thoughts after they hired him. He went back to New England. He's been there for two or three years since this happened. Um, and during that time, there was reports about how he and Belichick were talking about head coaching. So I think Belichick has prepared him very, very well for this, this moment. And obviously, you know, the Raiders were a playoff team this year, so they're – they're ready. They're ready to compete. They just got to, you know, control the Vegas effect, I guess, a little bit here. Just a matter of how well Josh can do that. You know, if he can control his players a little bit, kind of like uh, Jimmy Johnson used to do. He was like one of the strictest head coaches ever. If you remember, he wouldn't let his players go out hardly at all. Just to, I think that might be a situation, you know, obviously being in Vegas that could potentially uh hurt them. But, yeah. I think I think I know kind of what you mean. Like it's just I mean Alvin Kamara. It's a beautiful place to coach in terms of, you know, even though it's hotter than balls, but it's you know, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful city, you know, it's the home of gambling and whatnot. But, you know, the the nightlife there in Vegas could be, you know, a factor in terms of you know what you what kind of parameters you have to set with your players. You know, trying to help 
set them straight and get them prepared. And most importantly, getting them focused for games. And honestly, these guys are professionals. Yes, they've had some guys, Damon Arnett and Ruggs, who have, you know, obviously I think they're both in jail. Yeah, or I don't know if they're actually in jail right now because of their case. But Arnett is because I think he, like, is charged with attempted manslaughter. So I yeah. think he's being held. Um, and obviously so will Ruggs because that was manslaughter. Um like I said, I thought Rich should have got the job as well, but I do think it is a heck of an opportunity for McDaniels. Um, what would you rate this? Uh, I rate it a C plus. All right. Um, we're moving down the line here. Obviously, this segment is probably going to be our longest talking about all the coaches. This one's a little bit more of a fun coaching hire in my uh, – opinion dolphins and mike mcdaniel he's a fun media guy uh loves marijuana i mean absolutely loves it former offensive coordinator for kyle shanahan seventh best offense with jimmy g as a quarterback this year which is pretty impressive kind of just looks like an average joe kind of guy if you're if you really look at him looks high yeah uh, i think he probably is high a good chunk of the time um and he's also half black via Adam Schefter. Via via, via Adam Schefter himself, who is an upcoming free agent, by the way. Yes. Uh, not no, he isn't half black. He identifies as half black. <laughs> via Adam Schefter. <laughs> uh, yeah, like we said, very fun media guy. Mike McDaniel. He's basic name. I don't know what to think of it. Yeah. Um. Another interesting thing to point out, kind of like with a few of these other coaches. Mike McDaniel kind of just showed up out of nowhere towards the end of the season this year. We saw him like in a few interviews and it was kind of just like one of those moments where like, who is this guy? But now we all, we all know who he is and we all know what he looks like. Something we can't really say for Kevin O'Connell even, or even Matt Eberfluss. Um, But I think this is a fun hire. Obviously the dolphins are in some deep, water right now with the Flores investigation, but I still think that this is a good hire. I saw his phone call with Tua. Pretty pretty exciting to see if you're a Dolphins fan. I think this is a good hire. Well, I like you said, he took uh, an offense with Jimmy G at the helm to the seventh best offense in the NFL, and I think that's good for the Dolphins because Jimmy G, obviously, he kind of coasted, you know, you put pressure on Jimmy G, he's not going to really succeed, like we saw in that last drive in the NFC Championship game. But Mike McDaniel made it to where there was no pressure on Jimmy G. And I think with a guy like Tua, who has had so much pressure in the last few years, I think this could be a relief for him. It's going to take the pressure off him. It's going to place more emphasis on the running game, I guess. Uh, maybe more emphasis on Jalen Waddell, you know, maybe emerging as a Debo Samuel candidate next year. I I don't really know for sure what's going to happen there, but I think if you're Tua, you love this hire because it takes the pressure off you. You know, you've seen that Mike McDaniel can take an offense to be top ten with a without like stellar quarterback play. So as long as the Dolphins are winning, no one cares how Tua's performing. Really, I mean, if you're a Dolphins fan, you you don't really care at all how he's performing as long as you're winning games. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think even. Kind of like you said, how he's taken below average quarterback play to 
the playoffs, obviously with the help of Shanahan. But I think even like two and on, I saw really likes this hire as well. Uh, anybody kind of, but Flores, who wasn't a really offensive minded head coach, he kind of was able to rally the troops at the end of each season. Yeah. But he was still 24 and 25 over three years. Well, Flores was actually, he was the former defensive coordinator for the Patriots. So another Bill Belichick coaching well, tree failure. Actually, not the defensive coordinator. He was the linebacker coach. Oh, really? So it was defensive coach. Yeah. Um, like I think I've said good hire for just about every one of these, but I think this actually is a solid I, hire. I like it. Uh, I think him being high most of the time gives like yeah. kind of a I don't really, you know, I don't really care what anyone says type of vibes, which we see what that's done with the Bengals this year. You know, all of those players have the I don't really care type of vibe. What anyone says, we're just going to go out there and win. I feel like Mike McDaniel has a very similar vibe. You know, obviously he's a very likable guy with media. You've seen him joking around, kind of becoming friends with a lot of media members, uh, which which will nice, help him. Oh, yeah. The nice, relaxed vibe that he gives is, like, perfect for the city of Miami. Mm -hmm. You go down I there. Agree. It's just a relaxing place. I've Obviously, I've never been there, but Florida in general is a nice, relaxing place to be. And Mike McDaniel kind of sums that up. It's like a perfect Florida vibe for a head coach. Uh, I think the big biggest thing is a Dolphins head coach. you got to beat the Patriots at least once a year. That's kind of like a Dolphins tradition. So we'll see how well he can, he can do against Bill Belichick and the Patriots up there north. But uh, obviously off the bat here, I think it's, uh, I'll say a, a B. All right. Um, kind of like, I'll just add on to kind of what you just said. Yeah, you got to beat the Patriots, I think, once. I think you got to beat the Patriots once. You got to beat maybe the Bills once. Both at home would help. And beat the Jets both home and away, and that will really help you. Um, moving on, this hire is kind of funny to me. Uh, not in a bad way, but kind oh, of just – One more thing on the, uh, the Mike McDaniel hire. A few days ago, uh, he was – Mike McDaniel was asked about Tua Tagovailoa. This is per Ian Rappaport uh, on his belief in the QB. And he says, I'm not sitting here concerned with how good Tua can be. I'm concerned with, as a collective unit, what we can grow together because that's what wins football games. Like I said earlier, taking the pressure off Tua, that's exactly what he's already thinking about. It's not making Tua into the star QB that everyone wants him to be. His goal is to develop the team in a way that best suits them. Which, like I think we just said, will help everybody. And they've already got some emerging talent in Waddle and whatnot. Um Back over to the Texans hire. Lovey Smith gets another chance in the NFL. Important to note, one season with the Bucks in 2014 to 2015, fired. Um, first real black hire this offseason, besides half-white, half-black Mike McDaniel, um, was already the associate head coach for the Texans. Kind of just like a safe hire kind of deal. I don't know how this is really going to go because he's inheriting such a tough situation. Um, Coach Jameis first season, like we said. Um, Coach Illinois, and my dad loved him while he was there at Illinois because he drove that program into the ground in the worst way possible. 
which not exactly a great thing to have as your last coaching opportunity. Um, now, if you can continue to develop Mills Mafia um, and the Mills quarterback, uh, then maybe they will have something. They'd have Watson maybe to trade, but with you know his criminal record pending, it's hard to move him, yeah. I think. But I think he can possibly be moved. That's just how the NFL is sometimes. And uh, good luck, Lovey. Oh, well, one thing you forgot to mention is that before the Bucs, he was actually the coach for the Chicago Bears. And he took him to an NFC championship, which is not exactly something the Bears do. So mm-hmm. he does have success in his coaching background. It's not like he's been a complete failure before. It's just been a while. Obviously, it has. Since, yeah, since I agree. It's been a while. Yeah, since he's had any type of success. And I think it will continue to be a while because this Texans team is just frankly not very good. They're one of the worst rosters in all of football. Uh, it's going to be tough to – I think we're looking at another potential David Coley situation where the Texans hire a blackhead coach uh, to get you know the Rooney rule, maybe get an extra draft pick and then fire him after one year and move on to uh, Josh McCown potentially because it sounds like they still have a lot of interest in hiring him as a head coach, um, which is – it's kind of – smug to do that i feel like in my opinion to just hire guys like tease them i guess and know that they're not really going to get a real chance which unfortunately i think is what we're looking at here but if he does win this year you know and shock everyone then he will obviously keep his job uh the sean watson situation is interesting i think they they really need to get that cleaned up as soon as possible you know if if the charges are real then then they're real and then they just eat the price Deshaun Watson probably does jail time I would assume or some type of thing he probably won't play in the NFL again but if they're not if they're proven it if he's proven innocent then you know obviously he's a free man then free to be traded or stay but I I would assume they trade him after all that maybe Indianapolis obviously Miami's probably out now I mean hearing the Mike McDaniel interviews and stuff it sounds like Tua is the guy they're going to be sticking with so maybe Indianapolis, I heard they're looking to move Carson Wentz. So maybe that's a good spot for him. Uh, Lovey Smith, though, kind of getting off topic here. Lovey Smith, I'll rate it a C-. minus. I, I don't really see a lot of upside here in this situation. Uh, it's, it's like I said, it's just kind of like a, a balloon hire, you mm-hmm. know, just to get to the next guy, which is unfortunate for Lovey. But he does have – he's getting another opportunity, which I quite frankly thought he would never get again. And he does have one of the best beards. In oh, football. yeah. A-plus beard. Mm-hmm. So you have one of the best necks in Davis Mills, obviously behind Mike Glennon, the neck lord. But uh, one of the best necks, one of the best beards in all of football. I think we just got to get one of the best set of eyes, which might already be gone at Mike McDaniel. Uh, and then you just got to get a good nose. Yeah. And then you have it complete. Then you have it complete, you know? Um, the beard thing, you know, that's really going to fly in Texas. Oh yeah. Like that. They, a very pro beard state. Um, but yeah, I kind of like two things to add kind of just onto what you said. It does feel like they are kind of just running them through the wash machine kind of process one year and probably done. You kind of hope that they won't do that to their franchise just because that really gets a bad look bad rap around the league and as a fan of the game. And then, like you said about Watson 
chances of going to Miami. I think those are completely shot now because he wanted to play for Coach Flores, and Flores is no longer the coach there, and so I think that's out the window. Well, coach Flores might never get a coaching job again because of the lawsuit, so Deshaun just may, uh, may need to find a spot with a different coach, I guess. Yeah, maybe Mike Tomlin. Maybe Lovey Smith. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Um, Big beard guy. Uh, moving on to the Saints, I think this is a fine hire. Dennis Allen, he did have a very bad tenure with the Raiders, which is probably my biggest knock on him. But um, I wish Bianami would have gotten this job. Uh, with that being said, I think it's still a solid hire. Saints defense was awesome this year, like really, really good. And he was the man behind that, along with Sean Payton. But Dennis Allen was the man behind that, especially when he had to take over for Sean Payton during when he had COVID. And he knows the players, and all I ask of Mr. Dennis Allen is to please, please, please bring back famous Jameis. I I would agree with you. Jameis deserves a starting position, but uh, I don't think they really have a choice other than to bring him back because Taysom Hill is not a good quarterback and they don't have the cap space to bring in another caliber uh, quarterback that is better than Jameis. So he's definitely the best option. I think New Orleans is his best option. So I don't think that's going to be a problem. But, you know, obviously the Saints are in cap hell right now. Yeah, I was just about to say that exact Almost word. Almost $80 million. You know, you think the Packers are bad. They're $35 million down in the cap, but the Saints are twice that plus more. It's it's insane the situation that I got going on there and the fact that they're still winning football games is crazy. Uh, you know, Dennis Allen, defensive coordinator, did shut down Tom Brady twice last year. And twice the year this before. year? Oh, you mean – okay, he shut him down twice in the regular season last year and this year. Yeah, four times in so, general. I had one of the best offenses there with the Tom Brady-led Buccaneers shuts him down. So maybe this – you know, the attitude of winning and – and all that maybe spread to the whole team. You know, the Saints haven't really been bad for a long time, but a lot of that has to do with Sean Payton. And Drew Brees. And Drew Brees, yes. And both of them are now gone. Uh-huh. So I question the ability for the Saints to stay competitive, but they are in a terrible division, especially now with Tom Brady retired, you know, longer, no longer a buck. The Bucks are looking for a quarterback. They they could potentially have a Indianapolis Colts situation where they have a good team around, but they are just missing a quarterback, missing a good quarterback. And I think that could, you know, potentially open up things for the Saints to win that division next year. Because the Falcons I I I actually have no thoughts on the Falcons. I, I don't I have no opinion. They might be good, they might be bad, but I don't really care because it's the Falcons. And the Panthers are awful. I mean, Mike, Matt Rule is on his deathbed right now. He's hooked up with a bunch of life support. And and he's just, the only thing that is keeping him alive is nothing, really. He's just, he's a lost cause. Uh, (laughs) He's almost like he's in a coma. A a football coma in terms of head coaching. It doesn't look like there's a way out for him. Unless, I mean, uh, his way out is finding a, quarterback that wins 10 games this year that's his way out of getting fired and those are it turns out very hard to come by one thing to add to what you said uh with Jameis's best option staying in New Orleans 
Tampa Bay is open for business as well. Open no. for a return to that awesome offense. Just saying, like you just said, though, there's like no quarterbacks in this division except Matt, Matty Ice. And Matty Ice also appears to be aging not very well, not like a fine wine. And I, I really don't think Matt Ryan is that. I mean, I say he's average. He's not what he, he's not. I think he's above average. But, yeah, I don't think he's not what he's used to be, but he's still a good quarterback. And he just has a terrible team around him. So, But kind of just what I was just saying is, you know, when Matt Ryan's the best quarterback in the division as of today, it's pretty tough. Obviously, the Bucks. I guess, there's no way they can promote Gabbert to be the starter. There, it's just not – that's just not possible. Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask has sat behind both Gabbert and Brady this year. I don't know if that's really going to be the move for them, but I think that's their best option to start with. The problem with them is they have a Super Bowl caliber team right now without a quarterback. And they kind of just they need to go get one, which, you know, kind of scary if you're maybe a Packers fan or any other notable. No, I'm not, I'm not scared. Um I guess we'll just have to see on that one. Uh I'll give my own rating for this one. I think it's actually a B higher just because he was already with the team and they actually were able to figure out ways to win games with that god-awful offense. What do you think? I'd say, I mean, it's it's a boring hire for sure. Yeah. But I don't think it's bad. I mean, it's the safe option, staying in-house, kind of uh-huh. like the Steelers have always done. And the Steelers have always had success. And recently, the Saints have always had success. So I, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad option. Uh, the only problem is potentially you might get stuck in purgatory here with this guy. I don't really see him, him being a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but he's also not bad enough to tank the team. So I think the Saints could be looking at potentially a purgatory situation, kind of like a Mike McCarthy, you know. He's yeah, a that, purgatory coach. But so I'd say I'd give it a B minus, C C plus, B minus around that range. It's not exciting, but it's not terrible either yeah i think we forget about that sometimes when you're hiring new coaches but i think you're exactly right i mean they could be heading into the worst place in the nfl which is nfl purgatory Mm -hmm. uh one hire that i do really like this is my favorite hire of them all actually and it's not a head coaching hire it's not an offensive coordinator hire it's not a defensive coordinator hire it's a special teams hire and it's for my very own green bay packers rich Passaccia, Money Rich himself, now a member of the Green Bay Packers coaching staff, potentially LaFleur replacement in the future. Uh, don't want to think that, though. I really don't want to think that. I love this hire. Rich Passaccia, obviously, shown what he can do as a leader. And I think this is exactly what the Packers special teams needs. We all saw the collapse on national television a few weeks ago, um, not only with Aaron Rodgers, but with the special teams unit. Uh, and really, it's just been a mess this whole year and in past years. Really, it's it's never really been good. This year was a complete mess. It, it, I could use other words, but that's what it is. It's, it was a mess. And nothing that we ever did. I mean, Jorquez, the holder for Mason Crosby, and Mason Crosby hated each other for the beginning of the year and somehow refused to put in a different holder. I think that may obviously – 
Crosby's aging, but I think that may have been the reason why he was missing so many kicks early on in the year. Bisaccia, he's he's going to be the leader. He's going to bring the unit together, I feel like, maybe operate as a team, winning mindset. I love it. You know, you can't really go wrong with a hire like this. Uh, even if we, we're never going to be top tier, you know, like New England Patriots special teams, we're never going to be that. But even if we can just get out of the bottom five in the league, it would greatly, greatly improve our chances to win and, you know, maybe not collapse at the playoffs. Yeah. Um, the rich hire is very good. Um, I will say this to the Packers. Uh, good luck in free agency. You have a lot of assignments to uh, complete in terms of Devontae Adams, in terms of Aaron Rodgers, in terms of some of the guys on your defense. Darius Smith, Kevin King. Yeah. Uh, Jair. Jair is not a free agent, I don't believe. But it's it's coming up. Yeah. So, uh, you know, with all those moving pieces in terms of money, that's pretty hard to figure out. Um, I do hope Rodgers comes back for your sake and for the sake of my eyes in terms of watching games. He's he's the most fun quarterback to watch in the NFL right now. Probably also Mahomes, obviously, but Rodgers. Lamar Jackson, obviously, but for different reasons with Lamar. Yeah. Uh, Best pure passer, I think. Uh, Manning was also very good, obviously Brady, but I just, you know, Rodgers' arm talent is – I just I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Maybe Mahomes, but I would really miss him if he left the Packers and left the NFL as a whole. There is something about just watching him drop back, look at a receiver, usually Devontae Adams, throw it downfield 30, 40 yards, and just put it right in the breadbasket. There is just something magical about watching that. And no matter how good Jordan Love is, is going to be, He's never going to be that good. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't have that type of talent. And, you know, Rodgers got back, back back MVPs. I don't see a better situation than in Green Bay right now. The NFC is kind of on a downfall right now. The AFC is on the rise. That Rodgers is being talked about going to is potentially Broncos, obviously. Uh, don't think that's a good situation for him. Uh, you have the Colts, which could potentially be, but also once again, you're in the AFC and you're in teams or you have teams like the Titans in your division. Uh, another high is the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is not a good situation either. I don't feel like for him, you know, they're not a bad team, but they're kind of stuck in the purgatory as well right now. Not and, with Aaron Rodgers. Well, you have to think of what kind of division he's playing in. All four of those teams, all three teams that he'd be playing in that division. Very, 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 very hard teams to beat, especially with you know, the offense that they have right now, you know, the offensive line and and all that. Uh, obviously, Tampa Bay would be a good situation for him to go to. That's very similar to Green Bay, but I don't know why. I mean, I know why you go to Tampa Bay because it's Florida. Mm-hmm. And But Green Bay, I mean, we all love him here. All the fans want him back. I mean, me as an owner, personally, my vote is to have him back, mm-hmm. you know, as a Packers owner. But, you know, ultimately, I want him to be happy. I know a lot of people joke about, oh, I want him to be happy, which basically means leave. But that's what I want. As long as he's in the NFL next year, I think that's that's the best thing for the league. But, and, you know, to be honest, I would, I would rather see him retire than go somewhere else in free agency. You know, obviously, if we're able to trade him. Selfish. Yes, it is very selfish. <laughs> uh, 
if we're able to trade him and get, I mean, if we're trading him, then we could get a lot back for him, which would help us, you know, with the rebuild and stuff that we would be going into in turn. But, you know, I ultimately, I don't see a better place for him other than here in Green Bay. The team wants him back. He has said that his, his uh, relationship with the team has improved greatly over the, the past year, which I love to see because why they weren't treating him like an MVP quarterback before is beyond me. You know, why they were treating him like an, an aging Ben Roethlisberger or something like that is beyond me. Uh, even Ben Roethlisberger wasn't treated that bad, I don't feel like. So to see that the relationship has increased really makes me happy with the front office. It, it makes, makes me, me- – uh, have hope, I guess. You yeah. Know, last off season, I was an, I was anti Brian Gutekunst. I still don't know how to feel because he's very passive. Doesn't really seem to want to make moves that want to win. But keeping Aaron Rodgers is certainly the one move you you have to make to win. I guess. Yeah. Um. No, I think you're right. Um. I think the rich hire is a great move by him, but uh, I think. If he does come back, I think it might be one more year, maybe two. And I think if he leaves, it's only one or two more years. I don't think he really wants to play that much longer. I know he wants that second Super Bowl ring, but it almost seems like he's had some of the perfect teams for that, and he hasn't gotten it. And I don't know. I don't know how much Aaron Rodgers like loves football to the point where like, oh, I'm going to play forever like Tom Brady, you know, in terms of trying to search for that last ring. Well, I think uh, Tom Brady, I think his love for the game is, I mean, obviously he still loves it, but I think the drive that he had was just gone. You know, when you win seven Super Bowls, obviously you go away from the team that you win six with. People are like, oh, it's all Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick's the reason for the run. You go and win a Super Bowl in your very first year without Bill Belichick, you have nothing left to prove. I mean, you have all the passing records in the NFL. You played till you're 44. You defied father time. I mean, you went out. He said, when I suck, I'll retire. Never and sucked. You never really sucked. So I think that defies the, the limits of father time there. He really beat everyone. There was, he, never, he beat everyone that he possibly could. He, in fact, ended – the very last game that he played, and he came back from a 27-3 deficit, obviously ended up losing by three. But he came all the way back to tie that game. And, you know, I, I just think he went out at the perfect time. I think that there was nothing left for him to prove. And I know there are talks about him potentially coming back next year, you know, taking a year off. I, I don't think he will, though. I think he's I think he's ha- I think he's going to be happy. He's going to be a father. He's going to be a family man here, dedicate all his time to that. They have plenty of money. That will never be an issue. He's he's a no doubt Hall of Famer. You know, I think that uh, I think that we've seen the last of Tom Brady. Yeah. In the NFL. Honestly, you know, neither of us have been huge Tom Brady fans over the years. Um, obviously, but he's one of those players. Like, you know how you have to wait five years to get into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that I would bypass to go into the Hall of Fame next year. You know, the next time that you could enshrine somebody to the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's just the kind of impact that he left on the game. You know, his last throw was like a 50-yard touchdown bomb. You know, and that's just the kind of impact that he'll leave. Um, I think we will jump over. I'll start talking about the Steelers a little bit. Yeah. 
some stuff that I have written down. Please, please, please re-sign Juju. Now, there were times during the season I was not. I was willing to move on from Juju, but I think that was just my emotions in play with how kind of a weird couple of years it's been with the Steelers. Um, he said he wants to come back, but many Steeler greats have said that they wanted to be a Steeler for life or for a very long time and didn't uh, come back. You, for example, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio, uh, Antonio Brown. Brown. <laughs> yeah. Um, so is Minka. Minka said he wants to be here for a while, um, but you just never know. Um, I'm very much fine with drafting Kenny Pickett. If he is there, they said that they would do that if he's there at pick number 20. I don't know if he's going to fall to pick 20, but he might because this draft class in terms of quarterbacks isn't exactly generational. So it could be uh, a possibility. Not because I'm not really a Mason Rudolph fan. I don't think anybody is a Mason Rudolph fan. I think if you're an NFL fan, you hate Mason Rudolph. Yeah. I mean, I don't use that word very often. It's like worse than Tom Brady. You know, like Tom Brady, you hate him because he wins. But, you know, he is, he can be, he's a little boring to watch, but he's obviously one of the greats. You hate Mason Rudolph because he sucks and he hurts your eyes. He's, uh, he's a little bit, uh, he gets a, he has a very, very bad vibe. Yeah. I just, everything about Mason Rudolph, I just hate. I, I, I can't stand him. I can't stand the guy. I hate him. And if the Steelers do make him the guy next year, I hope they. I hope Mike Tomlin breaks a streak of winning seasons. Honestly, because why would why would you do that? But uh, Pittsburgh is getting a new GM, though, right? No. Uh, yeah. Then he stepped down. Colbert. I don't think he stepped down. They did get. We did make another in-house hire for defensive coordinator. And what I do have to say about that is, you can look it up if they hired okay, a new one. Yeah. But um. Stop making in-house hires, please. That's I know we talked about it with the Saints, how you know making in-house hires for the Steelers and the Saints has worked out, but it really hasn't worked out in the past couple of years with Canada, and now we're hiring Terrell Austin, promoting him to defensive coordinator. And kind of another thing, throwing back to what Luke just said, if they do have a horrible season, I don't know if the Steelers fans as a whole can even take a tanking season. They just aren't really built for it because as, as since I've been a Steelers fan, they have not had a season where they've tanked. Uh, I mean, I would see why they would tank in terms of Bryce Young, but I don't uh, think that, like I said, I just don't think the Steelers fans can take a tanking season, especially when you don't really want to waste – T.J. Watt's best years and whatnot, but I don't want to interrupt here. But Kevin Colbert is stepping down after the draft. He is okay. doing the draft, and then he is stepping down. I would assume retiring. Uh, I don't. I'm looking for to, to see if they've already hired a GM. I don't think that. I don't believe. I don't think they have. Kind of an Aussie Newsome situation with the Ravens. He drafted all those great players and then retired. Um. So yeah, Steelers kind of in a rough spot. No quarterback, no offensive line, really. Although I think Green, the center, is not bad. Um, and they have some guys that look like they're developing, but maybe not. Also, I don't care if they trade Chase Claypool ever. I don't really like him at all. I think he's a, a bad vibe for the team as well. Uh, his successor, who will likely be named after the draft. So I would assume it's an in-house hire. 
they just promote someone. Okay. Well, shocker there. I just said stop making in-house hires. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it looks like that's probably is what is going to happen. Um, another thing around the NFL, the Alvin Kamara story sounds very bad. Um, sounds like they beat the hell out of that guy for almost no reason at all. Have and you seen that picture? Yeah. Oh, I have he seen did that. beat the hell out of him. Yeah. And I don't think – obviously, it wasn't just him. Apparently, it was a group of guys – but it just yeah. seems like there's bad luck for NFL players in Vegas. I think it was a uh, Ray Rice type of situation other than instead of a, his wife, it was just a random dude. But it was on an elevator where it occurred. Really? Yeah. I thought it was in a nightclub. I I thought it was on an elevator. We'll have to sort that one out. Um, we may actually post a picture of what the guy looked like to the YouTube, in, like in the middle of the I don't know. Video. I don't know if that's safe. But, but uh, <laughs> just, look up, just look up Alvin Kamara victim, and you will find – if you really want to see what he looks like. Then. It's pretty bad. And then moving on to another wild NFL story, Jonathan Allen wants to have dinner with Hitler. Uh, uh, and Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson. But Michael yeah. Jackson is almost like the poster boy in that situation. He said he wanted yeah. to – he had to delete this tweet and apologize if you have no idea no, what we're talking tweet. about. He was on a live stream, I think, at like 3 a.m., wasn't it? No. Yeah. Well, he was replying to somebody. Somebody asked him, three people that you would like to have dinner with, go. He said his grandfather, which is respectable, Michael Jackson, maybe <laughs> not as respectable as your grandfather, and then the H-man, Hitler. Uh, he said he wanted Eight to months. pick Hitler's brain about military tactics, saying that he was a war genius, a military strategy genius. Which is not true. He he's zero and one in world wars. He is a, well. He did. He was a good player in World War One. Not as great. Uh, uh, I think he was kind of a wimp. He kind of he kind of avoided. No, he he avoided. He's kind of a coward. He avoided World War One. No, he was in trying to take War advantage. No, was he? Yeah, he got shot in World War One. I think that's fake. He's a purple it's heart in terms of World War One. In fact, his hatred for the some of the Jewish uh, people stemmed from them chanting that they wanted World War One to end outside of his hospital that he was staying in after he was just shot. Just a fun fact. Um, but back to the Jonathan Allen thing. Maybe that's what Jonathan Allen was trying to get out of him. Was trying to get him to say that that's the reason why the Holocaust happened. Well, he said that he wanted moment. Jonathan Allen said, assuming the three people that he invited, his grandfather, Michael Jackson, and Hitler, which is this is also kind of applies to Michael Jackson, he assumed that everybody that he was talking to had to answer his questions honestly. So asking Hitler why he did what he did, and maybe even asking Michael Jackson some why he did what he did. <laughs> maybe. We don't really know that for sure. But he actually did have to delete the t tweet and apologize, which is kind of funny. He might have just invited Michael Jackson there to like play background music for him. Like maybe his grandpa, maybe his grandfather was a big Michael Jackson fan. Yeah, he could have been a big MJ so fan. He was like, "I'm going to get my grandfather here to talk to him, but in return, I'm going to give him something that he loved and Michael Jackson." So maybe he wasn't even inviting Michael Jackson to dinner to talk to him. Maybe it was just to play music, you know, mm -hmm. and sing and dance. Uh perform so weird story we will move on if you are still listening congrats but uh update no, on the winter update on the winter olympics after some recent feedback it turns out some people like the winter olympics personally i would like to know what makes their brains tick 
Um, the athletes are incredible, though. I have seen some of it. So I say we clap it up for the Winter Olympians. Why not? Why not? They have been, they put in the work for four years to get to this moment. So that's, hey, shout out to them. Uh, I, I am personally not a fan of all the, uh, the, the, uh, the events. That's what I'm trying to say. But some events are pretty cool. I'm, I've become a big curling guy, you know? Reminds me of shuffleboard, and I love playing shuffleboard. Uh, skiing, skiing is kind of fun just to see him go down that hill at super fast speeds. Last night I was watching it. There was a blizzard going on in China while they were skiing downhill. There were so many of them just wiping out. It was so funny to watch. To think that they, oops, oops, oops. To think that they've been working for four years for this very race. They've practiced on this track for this very race. And for it to be snowing an absolute blizzard and then to just wipe out at the very beginning is funny to me. It's it's hilarious. It was so funny watching them just wipe out. I don't know who ended up winning, uh, because there's like no Americans in, in mm-hmm. any skiing races. It's like Norwegian, Sweden, and Russia and all those countries. But I think that's one thing that makes it hard to watch the Olympics as an American. Yeah. I mean, other than like figure skating, there's not a lot of Americans. That really yeah. compete, you know. There's, it's other countries. And I think, you know, obviously there's hockey teams, you know, and, and the teams and stuff are fun to watch. But in the Summer Olympics, there's a lot more Americans. Like there's Americans in like almost every single event. Well, kind of like what you're just saying. It turns out America is not the coldest place on earth in terms of lots of places to do snowboarding and skiing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, especially. Even this winter has been weird in some places. Uh, I know in Colorado, you know, when there's usually snow on the mountains, there hasn't been at all times, which is very weird. Um, the Russian 15-year-old superstar skater that tested positive for PEDs. This race to the game. Uh, when are they? Okay, a few years ago, the like almost every single Russian Olympic member tested positive for steroids, right? So they banned russia from the olympics for however long i don't remember how long it was but they still allowed the athletes to compete so they formed a coalition called the russian olympic committee roc rock nation uh to allow russian athletes to still compete when are they actually going to ban the russians because that's not really it's just banning the country's name when everyone knows that it's russia so it's not really banning them at all i don't you think that they need to ban the athletes for a year? Get <laughs> I mean, in their minds that they can't. Well, one the way I look at it is uh, obviously I think they should PE test probably everyone, which they might. I don't even know if they do or not if they test everybody. But well, obviously if they test positive for steroids, then they have to test them at some point. Yeah, but I don't know if it's random or not, or if oh. they just do everybody all at once when they get there. But you know, not that I'm a big Russia guy because I'm not, but. <laughs> You know, kicking out everybody from the Olympics when one, two, three people are the people that are violating the rules isn't really fair. Kind of think of it as like a school situation. You remember when you were little and, you know, two kids in your class got in trouble and the teacher punched everybody. Oh, you know, like, it's kind of oh, not, not going really to reset. Yeah, because of two yeah. blokes who couldn't stop talking or whatnot. Yeah. So they, they definitely should have got beat up afterwards. So <laughs> it's kind of a similar situation, obviously on a greater scale in terms of stakes, but it's kind of, that's kind of what it reminds me of. And so I, I don't think that they should ban every 
Russian athlete, but they should definitely have to test everybody. And like I said, we don't really know that much about it. We don't know if they do everybody or not. Um, it's crazy that, you know, you're 15, you're making a 15 year old superstar skater take PEDs at 15 years old, but that is something that Russia would do. Putin. I blame Putin. Um, it's also interesting to note about the winter Olympics that you, they don't even allow you to like share videos about the Olympics. You know, are they stuck in the past or what's the big deal with that? Because, you know, social media is how we see so many sporting events and stuff like that. And if you can't even post a video of a snowboarder wiping out on Twitter, then yeah, people aren't going to be that involved with the Olympics. I think it's pretty much that simple. Oh yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, that's I'm on social media, you know, Twitter specifically for two hours every day. And if I can't, if I'm scrolling through my feed and I see videos of like an electric finish at the finish line or somebody wiping out, I'm going to be like, oh, this looks fun to watch. I want to tune in. If I don't get that, it's kind of like it's invisible. I don't, mm-hmm. it's like, it's not there to me. You know, I, I know what's going on, but I don't really have any interest to watch it. And I think that is the reason why maybe the Olympics are going downhill Yeah, in popularity. I mean, in the United States anyway, obviously other countries are still pretty popular, but it's certainly uh, a turnoff for the Olympics. Yeah. Say. I think obviously one thing, I think kind of like what you just said, it's going down in the states of in popularity, I would say. Although, you know, like I said, people do watch these surprisingly. Um, but in case you were wondering uh, what maybe is taking away some viewership, well, the Super Bowl is literally today. Um, college basketball is still going on. NBA is going on. NHL is going on. They didn't let the NHL players even go over to China to play in the Olympics and stuff like that. Like there's other stuff going on that people love, especially football. And I think that takes away viewership as well and decreases, you know, Oh, do I really care about this right now? Probably not as much as when, you know, it's in terms of when it's in the summer and it's just baseball going on. Yeah. I I would agree with that. The winter Olympics is a, is a bad time, you know, right. February. You know, it's right in prime season for all of these, you know, major American sports. And, you know, obviously not being able to repost any videos. It's just, it, there's not a lot of big names either. You know, like in Summer Olympics, you had Michael Phelps for a long time. You know, everyone tuned in to watch Michael Phelps mm-hmm. swimming. You had uh, Usain Bolt on the track. Mm-hmm. Some people would tune into that. Um, you obviously have the USA basketball team. Big names there. People tune into that. There's not a lot of big names in winter sports other than uh, Sean White, mm-hmm. who just announced his retirement pretty much after his race, which we all expected. You know, we were all kind of shocked to see him come back for one last year. But uh, I think he won gold. I'm not sure because I haven't watched. But I did see, you know, his speech afterwards thanking everyone for for the ride. And he's kind of like the last soldier. You know, he was the biggest name. You, you know, you tune in to watch snowboarding for Sean White. And now that that, you know, it's not there, there's – I mean, do you know any – is there any household names in this year's Olympics? No, I – like I said, I don't really follow, like, X Games or anything like that, but I I really don't know, you know? I mean, it's just, like, there's sports that, like, 
don't have much mainstream media following them, like mm-hmm. even curling, like you said, or, you know, figure skating, you just don't really know those people. Um, so, yeah, I think that also has a big thing to do with it. But kind of like back to what we were saying, you know, with all the American sports going on, I think the sweet spot for them, if they were trying to get American viewership up, put it right after the Super Bowl and right before March Madness kicks off and and you would have, you know, your viewership would turn up a notch in my opinion. Maybe that's wrong, but that sounds reasonable. I mean, I've, I've only spent a few, I've spent two nights, I think tuned into the Olympics last night. I watched curling for about an hour. There was an electrifying match between Sweden and Norway. I think, uh, ignore no, Sweden ended up winning. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember. But it was fun to watch. Um, if you don't really get the sport, then it's not fun to watch. But I do. I've I've developed skills to watch it. Uh, you know, I that's that's about all that I've done watching it. You know, I've seen a few highlights, I guess, on the news. Mm-hmm. They can't really show much. Yeah. <laughs> I did see that they set up a Olympic like ski track, I guess, right in the middle of a nuclear power plant. Uh, it, it wasn't, it looks like a nuclear power plant, but I think it? It, it's actually like a, it's a mill of some kind. Like, I think, I can't remember if it was an iron mill or some, something like that. It's not a nuclear power plant. So it's an industrial plant. So. It's an industrial building, but it is not, it is not a power plant of any kind. They did say that. Mm. It looks like it. Yes. Well, but, it's also China. They may be lying to us. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think. People that know power plants are like, oh yeah, that's not okay. power plant. Okay. But that makes sense. Um, I think that is enough Olympic talk. Yeah, and I mean, the next time we'll have a show, they'll probably be over. It's yeah. only two weeks. Well, long. maybe I don't know. Um, we do have a little uh, oh, one, one more uh, thing about the Olympics. I did see medal count last night when I was watching curling. They showed a quick. USA is sixth right now. We're behind. Norway was leading. Uh, I think. Shock. Yeah, I, I think we're tied with rock nation right now but uh <laughs> uh so we're six so we got to pick up the games we are ahead of china which is i think what all the the core conservatives are, are we got to be china you know that's what which, really matters yeah you just got to beat the communists but i would like to personally win i don't know if we won the last time there was winter Probably not i would assume not honestly yeah, I mean Norway, Sweden, those countries are usually going to be up there. It's just snow. When yeah. I think of those snow, snow mountain, snow mountain. Uh, yeah, pretty much Russia. It's a big snow country too. Snow. Yeah. So Greenland, Greenland, Iceland, uh, Antarctica. Is Antarctica a country? I don't think they sent any athletes. No, uh, people don't Olympics. actually. Uh, they don't have an Olympic committee, if you will. Uh, okay. It would be. If they, they did, president? It, it would be AOC if they did have an Olympic committee. Is she also, is she from Antarctica? Is she Antarctican? Not that uh, why would she why would she be Olympic committee? Why? <laughs> why would she? Yeah, you said it would be if they had one. No, 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 no. The the name of the Olympic Committee would be AOC. Oh, Antarctica <laughs> Olympic Committee. Oh, you're talking. Oh, well, I mean, which would turn might a lot of people off. Already. So, yeah. um, moving on to baseball, <laughs> where we actually, Luke says it's not much of an update. I disagree. 
MLB has lost the war on drugs. Steroids are back, or at least until a new deal gets done. Trevor Bauer is a free man as well. Yes. And uh, Manfred, Manfred, however you want to say his name, announces a universal DH. Yes. Uh, he, he also announced a few other things uh, that that the Players Association and the owners agreed on, which is kind of surprising that they agreed on something. But new, uh, no DH is one of them. Universal DH. So pitcher's batting is gone. Thank God. I am... This is this is heaven for me. When we had the universal DH in the shortened twenty twenty season, it was amazing. Except Shohei, huh? Shohei. Well, he's he's a pitcher slash DH. Yeah, so. I know. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. Well, I guess he probably can't bat whenever he pitches, though. No, he does. I've he's well, bat. Yeah, yeah like pitches. this year because they're. But if there's maybe. I don't think you have to have a DH though. I think you can. Yeah, I think if it's, you, you can choose. Yeah. Okay. That would be. That's kind of sick then. You know? Yeah. Because then you know a lot of the, which is you know no pitchers are really going to bat other than Shohei. But mm-hmm. I think that, I mean as a Cardinals fan, this is good for us because we have a lot of outfield bats. I guess that can be used now. Obviously, if we want to bring back Albert Pujols, who is a free agent, that would be a spot for him to bat because. He can't play the field anymore, you know. He's worse than Yachty defensively. Uh, so if we want to bring back him, that's an opportunity for that. As a Cardinals fan, you should love this. You should. This should be a good move for the MLB to help us win. So why Cardinals fans are angry about this, I simply don't understand. I get it. The strategy aspect is gone. Strategy was fun, I will admit. You know, when I played MLB the show, I did enjoy, you know, having some strategy with the pinch hitter. And, you know, it was fun. But at the same time, this is going to help grow the game. This is better for the Cardinals. So I'd like to say that this, in terms of the Cardinals, this just means that Schwarber is coming to St. Louis to hit home runs. Off of Marcus Stroman. That's pretty much all it means. And if you don't like that, then maybe reconsider your Cardinal fandom. Or, or we ha- we signed Trevor Story, and Paul DeYoung becomes the DH, <laughs> and also signed Carlos Correa at the same time. Yeah, we could sign them all. Yeah. I mean, Carlos Correa can play shortstop. Then you know he's the Gold Glover, reigning Gold Glover, and then we can have Trevor Story DH. I mm-hmm. think, and know. then send Paul DeYoung to Korea. Yeah, trade him for nothing. <laughs> Trade him for Korean cash. I mean, honestly, so we could sign more Korean players like Sang Hwan Oh. But I think, yeah, I love this. I love this move. I think it's good for the game. You know, pitchers batting. It, not only can it help. I mean, Jack Flaherty lost his whole season this year due to an injury that was caused from swinging a bat, which it was fun to see him hit that home run this year, but. Uh, if he didn't hit the home run but had a full season, I would much rather enjoy that. You know, having Jack Flaherty for the whole season than rather watching him hit a home run. And it wasn't just Carlos Martinez also got injured, swinging a bat, as I do recall. Uh, you know, Max Scherzer got hit in the face one time when he bunted a ball right up off the bat, hit him right in the face. So there was a lot of pitchers this year. Uh, Freddie Peralta, another one, big Brewers guy. He may be cheating, but. He got injured swinging a bat as well. It's just going to 
you know, eliminate that extra thing for pitchers where they can focus on pitching, get better, obviously stay safe, stay away from the the swinging and abnormal motion of swinging a bat. It's going to create more power, you know, obviously uh, more on base, I would assume. I think one thing that will be missed, it, for at least for me, will be pitcher home runs. Every, you know, pitchers who rake <laughs> once in a blue moon when your pitcher hits a home run, it's really freaking cool. It's so fun. But um, like I said, they, it doesn't really happen that much, so it won't be yeah, missed too much. I, I will say that was fun to see that. But I think pitchers who rake has already reached its peak. I think the peak of pitchers who rake was when Bartolo Colon hit a home run in San Diego. I don't think it gets much better than that. So I'm glad that we got to see the Bartolo home run. I really am. That was one of the most electrifying moments in all of sports, really. Uh, but the DH, the time is now. Uh, another thing that we could talk about with the MLB, Trevor Bauer, free man. Tra- charges have been dropped officially. He is back despite how many people hate him. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. <laughs> but despite how many people hate him, he's back. He's His contract is back. And unfortunately, Rachel Luba is now now back. You know, Although we could still make fun of her for having Yasiel Puig, who did have charges for beating women. You know. Um, I guess something with the Trevor Bauer thing is, you know, like you just said, his contract's back and people – we're really hating on him, you know, you know, which I understood, but you know, innocent until proven guilty. It was a really weird case. You know, I obviously I don't even think we should get into the details of that case at all because it's pretty weird and not really something that we want to talk about too much on this show, but like, yeah, it was just a really odd case. And, Something that you know obviously doesn't belong in the MLB, but you know if the charges are dropped and you kind of have to know the situation to kind of know what we're talking about. But if you do know the situation that we're talking about, then you kind of understand why it was so weird. And you know, I'm you know if if nothing happened, then I'm glad he is back. And it kind of reminds me of you know it of the Deshaun Watson situation where if no, it's not it it, it, in this sense, if no, it's not no. true. Then I want Deshaun Watson back in football. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I was like, two completely different. Deshaun Watson is one of the most fun quarterbacks to watch in football. And he was in college football, too. He was so much fun to watch at Clemson. I hate Clemson. And, you know, I do hope that because if he really did, now we're getting off track completely and back to the NFL, but which is fine with me. But, you know, if Deshaun Watson really did do what they said he did, then, yeah, he should never see well, the light of day yeah, again. But one but, thing with the Trevor Bauer case is that he admitted to doing what was accused of him. Exactly. The thing is, That's why weird. The only thing is, is that his argument was that she consented and mm-hmm. they really couldn't prove that she, she didn't consent. And, you know, obviously if you want to know what he did and you, just, you can look it up and find it, I don't really want to talk about it, but that's, that's the only difference. And, but I think Trevor Bauer is good for the game. He's a fun pitcher to watch. Uh, he's a former Cy Young winner. You know, he's got some of the, the, the best moments. Obviously, he's got the sword celebration after he uh, strikes out someone, which is pretty cool. Uh, we probably remember the uh, the moment where he had when he got taken out of the game when he was back when he was with the Indians. 
and he chucked the ball all the way over the center field mm-hmm. fence. <laughs> oh, that was freaking hilarious. Yeah, that was so fun. He was just, he's a fun guy to have for the game, and I'm glad that he's back. Um, but, Could be uh, controversial down the line, but yeah. for today, not controversial. No, no. Uh, yeah, obviously, as of right now, <laughs> I, I want to get this on the record. As of right now, I'm glad that he's back. If something else comes out, then, you know, I've, <laughs> I, re- I would retract my statement. But another thing who's back is MLB The Show, you know, back again. Shohei on the cover. I don't want to talk about much about this, but uh, will I wonder, will they have actual player names? Are, are, they're in, Can I mean, they they even? Have, if, I think so. They're in agreement with the MLB and MLB Players Association, and I don't. I think their agreement. I think as long as on. as long as it's agree, the agreement is on with the MLBPA. It is. Then I think. Yeah. Then the game can be you know produced with player names and whatnot, but I think it would help their game if the M- <laughs> I think their game's probably designed to where they have it to. The MLB season is on. Well, yes, that is that is true. If you play online, then it definitely is. It usually is released around opening day. Last year, they waited like three weeks to release it for some reason, which was really weird. Uh, it's scheduled to be released around opening day this year if obviously opening day starts on time, which isn't looking real good. Uh, because yesterday, the owners and players met for another meeting which Rob Manfred, when he spoke to the media on Thursday, said that the owners had a great offer, one that could not be refused, which I think we all knew was a lie. And obviously the players did say that while the offer wasn't as bad as they thought it was going to be, which is good, I, it's progress, I guess, they still declined it and yeah. kind of laughed at it. So yeah. this is a bad situation. We're not having spring training. I know Rob Manfred said that spring training set the start on time, which it's not. That was a lie. Rob Man lie. That was, <laughs> um, that was a terrible pun. Uh, man, that's what I was just about to say. <laughs> right when you said the man lie thing. Um, we are going to go ahead and wrap up. We actually have – that leaves some stuff for next episode. In terms of the NBA, we didn't even jump into the Brian Forrest thing or NFL free agency, which I think is good for next episode. Yeah, uh, uh, Brief, basically, the NBA, James Harden, one of the biggest names, traded to the 76ers for Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Both teams win this trade, in my opinion. They get their the guy who didn't really want to be there anymore off their team in turn for more assets. Uh, we can talk more about in-depth, you know, obviously when they yeah. – But another noteworthy thing, Lakers, no trades at the deadline, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of surprising considering they're, they're kind of tailing off here. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens with the NBA. But, uh, yeah, we've we've been talking for quite a while. I would imagine everyone is pretty bored. I wouldn't imagine that anyone has listened to this in one sitting. Well, it probably had to be divided up. Maybe if we just – I don't know. Maybe that helped. If we shot someone? <laughs> uh, just, you know, shooting oh, okay. shooting people. Uh, no offense to anybody who's been in a shooting. But – uh, one thing we are going to do start in the future is introducing segments, uh, a sneak peek at one for the future is the tough scene of the week. Um, I have some big news. I don't know if Luke has anything he wants to say before we end. I'm off the pepper after today, Super Bowl Sunday. It's going to be a rough two weeks in terms of 
caffeine and migraine headaches. I don't know if anybody, I don't know if you have ever suffered from caffeine headaches once you've quit uh, soda before. They are brutal. Uh, last time I got really lucky and it only lasted about a week in terms of symptoms. Obviously, you don't have it the whole time. You can take medicine for it and whatnot, but I am not looking forward to that at all. I don't think anything's worse than a blaring speaker about a foot away from you for an hour and a half straight. Uh, that headache, I, I don't think anything gets worse than that. That is brutal. I had that a few days ago. <laughs> but, uh, one of the worst pains. Like You can't even move. It's like it's like if you're not real. It's like you're walking around in just like a cloud almost. Like why? Were, why was a blaring speaker in your face? Well, you know, I was at a dance. Oh, that, okay. that you decided to skip. By the way, don't want to put that on the record, but yeah, bad headache. But I've never had a caffeine headache. Actually, I've never really been addicted to caffeine. I'm not a big coffee. I, I do. I do enjoy a nice soda. Mm-hmm. But I tend not to overdo it, so I've never had to endure one of those. Uh, I would I would imagine the pain is worse than giving birth, but yeah, I, I, I've never done either one of them, so um, I, I can't I cannot. Uh, one thing I can't think of the word uh, with caffeine headaches is that it, they do tail off after like nine to nine days to fourteen days or whatever. I will say this. This is not goodbye forever from Dr. Pepper. In fact, I plan on drinking a Dr. Pepper Thursday night of the NFL season starting next year. And also every college football Saturday, I plan on drinking Dr. Pepper. That was my tradition this year in term with football season. Not goodbye forever, just goodbye for a while because I drink a lot of Dr. Pepper. But yeah, we got a whole tower of them over yeah. here, empty ones. I do love it, but it is time to step off the pepper. Uh, another thing we just want to add is we didn't do it. We thought about doing it this time, but potentially having a video recording of us talking just to post to the YouTube instead mm-hmm. of just having the, you know, the profile picture for an hour and a half straight. Uh, yeah. You know, having a you know, actually video segment of us talking and moving and stuff. The audio might not be lined up, but we have, yeah. we can get it pretty freaking close. Um, yeah. it's, that's something to point out that, uh, you know, it could be near future, but it could also be a little while until we figure that out, especially yeah. since this is only our second episode and we don't even know the quality of this episode at the time <laughs> of recording. Nope, it's but, kind of up in the air with what my microphone, you may yeah. not even be able to hear me right now, yeah, but we have no clue. Um, or I may just be like, yeah, background, but uh, we are looking to fix everything with that. And honestly, I think it it has something to do with Luke's microphone for sure. Uh, and also possibly the Internet connection. So <laughs> we are my looking for a new place to maybe record as well. But. We are way we a long time. We've been talking here. And we still got it. <laughs> He's still going to have the Super Bowl segment so, after we're at the beginning, too. We are going to head off. I'll just quick recap of what we did actually get to. Um, I, no, the, I, we don't need that. The Super Bowl. <laughs> we talked about the Super Bowl. Talked about all the head coaching hirings and some of that stuff. We talked about the Winter Olympics. We talked about our teams. And we talked about baseball and 
talked about some segments. But we will see you guys next time, hopefully, signing off. Thank you guys so much. You have a great week. Tell me what to do.